The week when Indiana mattered, how Donald Trump sealed the nomination here, the Bernie Sanders upset of Hillary Clinton, Todd Young in a landslide, winners and losers and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending May 6, 2016. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, the Indiana primary produced results that are being felt around the country. Donald Trump became the GOP's presumptive nominee here with a lopsided win over Ted Cruz and John Kasich, by the way, two candidates who quit the race within 24 hours of the polls closing. So important, so important. Uh, The people of Indiana have been incredible. I started, as you know, not very long ago, about six weeks ago, and I was told I had a 20-point deficit. And I went there, and I worked very hard, and I campaigned, and I made lots of speeches and met lots of incredible people, incredible people. You don't get better. And the crowds got bigger and bigger, and toward the end, it was like I didn't want to leave. I almost said, maybe I'll just never leave. And it, it resonated somehow. And uh, we had a tremendous victory tonight. It was a tremendous victory. And I I have to thank Bobby Knight. Boy, Bobby Knight was incredible. Why did Donald Trump do so well here? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm Wish TV Statehouse reporter Jim Shella. Mike McDaniel, we're already hearing that one Indiana delegate won't go to the convention and vote for Trump. How can somebody be so controversial and yet so successful at the same time? He has tapped into an anger that a lot of Americans have about things that they think ought to be done that aren't being done, and he has parlayed that into one of the most successful campaigns going. He's won eight primaries in a row, and uh, he's generating a lot of interest. We had over a million people vote in the Indiana Republican primary this time. Only less than 600,000 voted in the Democrat primary. So he has truly driven up the number of people who've shown interest. He's bringing back Reagan Democrats, especially in southern Indiana. He's bringing back a lot of people into this process that either haven't voted in a long time or voting for the first time. So uh, he has tapped into this this feeling that's out there, and he's done it all over the country, very successfully. What do you think when you see that? Oh, I think it's frightening. I think a lot of people are frightened by him. Um, you, you know, it, it's really pretty incredible. If you had asked in 2014, is Donald Trump a Republican, the answer would have been no. You would have said he's a Democrat. 
He's given to Democrats. He associates with Democrats. Many of the policy positions he advocates are, are Democrat policy positions. Or, or Universal health care. He used to be. Well, he used to be pro-choice. He used to be in favor of Hillary Clinton. He used to be. He's on every side of every issue. We're talking and the about thing, John Greg or Trump. We're talking about oh, Trump, okay? okay? And and the fact of the matter is, he is frightening. I mean, he is a classic narcissistic bully. And he, you know, he's born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. And <laughs> what's amazing about it is that he makes promises to people that he knows. He has to know he can't keep. He's telling the coal miners he's going he's to restore coal. He can't do that. He's telling us the Mexicans are going to build a wall. They're not going to do it. He's going to deport 11 million people. It's not going to happen. He lies, and people believe him. Regardless of that, <laughs> if that's the case, he got more than 50% of the vote right. in a three-way race. the Republican race. primary. That's, but even in a Republican yeah. primary, to get more than 50% of the vote is... It's remarkable in this context. Because there was not that there was a time not that long ago when there were more people in the race granted, but everybody thought, well, he'll never break that thirty percent threshold. And you have to say that that Cruz ran this campaign uh, just as he said he would. He was all out, and uh, he went at it hard, and still Trump thumped him. And uh, I think that uh, um, there's something to be said uh, for his electoral success. All of the stuff that Ann said is true. And it'll be interesting to see how he changes as the campaign pivots. If he changes. If, if, he changes. if well, okay. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether he changes as the campaign pivots to a general election status, and we'll see what happens then. Okay. But his performance in Indiana, is that because the field has narrowed and because his momentum has grown, or does it say something about Indiana? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably... Uh, a little of both. Uh, I don't mean to be flippant, but let's take it one at a time. Uh, I think the so-called alliance that Ted Cruz uh, and John Kasich formed backfired. Failed. I think Failed. that was. Uh, I think that sent a really bad message to Hoosiers who felt, you know, hey, if if, if you're going to come to me and ask for my vote, at least let me decide who I'm going to vote for. Don't don't you people, you know, mm-hmm. you got it backwards. It's my prerogative. And so I think that left a, a sort of a sour taste for both. Um, candidates who were seeking uh, the nomination uh, opposite Donald Trump. So that probably helped Trump. Uh, And I think the other factor, and Mike alluded to this, is he is, for better or worse, uh, getting people off the bench uh, who haven't been participating in elections for a while, if they've participated at all. Uh, So it's in a way it's sort of changing, at least temporarily, the Indiana electorate. Well, let's let's bring Ted Cruz into this. On election day in Evansville, Ted Cruz went on a rant about Donald Trump. Cruz called him utterly amoral and a pathological liar. And listen, Donald Trump is a serial philanderer, and he boasts about it. This is not a secret. He's proud of being a serial philanderer. I want everyone to think about your teenage kids. The President of the United States talks about how great it is to commit adultery, how proud he is describes his battles with venereal disease as his own personal Vietnam. Strong letter to follow. Ann Delaney, how do you explain the timing of that? Well, I think that was frustration on his part. I mean, he came in... Well, desperation, frustration, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's one other variable in this. You know, he came into this uh, election in Indiana with Donald Trump. Ted Cruz came into the election with Donald Trump down 20 points, okay? And then Ted Cruz pulled out no stops. I mean, the, the ads and the attacks were vicious. 
and right. he was all over. He could have established residency like Tennessee Trade well, did said, on if this. You if, so, you, if you live here and you haven't met, met Ted, Ted Cruz, Cruz you're not trying. You don't, you don't want to meet him. But, well, but the point of that is the only other variable in this is Mike Pence, who stayed out of the Senate race, stayed out of every contested primary race except this one. And he goes in and he endorses kinda, Ted Cruz, kinda. and all of a sudden that 20-point lead evaporates. No, well, I don't think I, I don't think I don't think Mike Pence served himself well in this case, but I don't think you can hang it on him either. Oh, I don't think you can totally hang it on well, him, but I don't did. think he helped. Well, I, mean, he dry. No, I just put two but, and two together. You made it five. But what's you know, what's interesting to me, Mike Pence was not the only Indiana elected official who stood up with Ted Cruz and and Donald Trump's relying on Bob Knight, Gene Cady, Fred Williamson, and Lou Holtz. Yeah. None of whom, Phelps and none of whom live here anymore. Well, you know, none Bob, of whom have been involved in politics. They're all Hoosier heroes. Yeah, in their uh, own to way. To whom? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm if not. You've kidding miscalculated. Bobby, Bob Knight. Bobby Knight is not a Hoosier you hero anymore. You said that last week, and <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, you've missed the boat because yeah, people in Indiana. Have. He was Bob a great Knight. coach. Doesn't but make that, him a good person. It, it, yeah, I'm just it, telling it, you that it points he, he up tapped the, into it points up the reality show nature. Well, of he, oh, no, yeah, he tapped into he tapped into celebrity. That's what all he, he is. did, and and it, it worked. It's very powerful, and and it is to a lot of people. A lot of people would go to that rally to see Bob Knight. You right. you look at the crowds Bob Knight draws when he goes around the state doing speeches. Right. It's amazing. He sells out major halls and does this stuff all the time. So he tapped into celebrity. And it was a smart thing for him to do. And the governor's endorsement, I mean, the governor, you know, he did that because he was, you know, kind of forced into it from his own base. So he's and, so weak and he, he can't and say he, no? Look, look, he did that. You, you heard the endorsement. As Trump well, said, Trump it, was almost, now he's it, was almost, it was almost as much for Trump as it was for him. And so he has endorsed he knew Trump. That going and he's in. endorsed Trump He knew by that now. going in. I, I, will, I will remind you this, that the guy, that, of everybody that was on the ballot on Election Day got the most votes in Indiana. Mike Pence, more than anybody else on the ballot on election. But he significant. He was two hundred thousand below and the he turnout had a in the president. Twenty-five percent drop off, which he knew was going to get when you endorse somebody in that race. John Gregg had a fourteen percent drop off from the top. Well, we to had the a bottom. lot of Democrats vote so don't, Republican don't, you primary know, to try to stop Trump. You can't do that. I mean, right. it's, it's crazy. He had more votes than anybody. Seven hundred. Well, we'll right. well, well, but November. back to Ted Cruz. That's back, true. Back it's to Ted Cruz. True. Indiana voters rejected Ted Cruz. They had an opportunity to get to know him, and they rejected him. Yeah, and I'll go back to what I said a few moments ago about the notion that things were being forced down their throats. Uh, keep in mind that a lot of let's say establishment republicans not just in indiana but in the states that have gone to the to the polling place in recent weeks they had endorsed cruz because it was the he was yeah. seen as the most viable candidate in the stop trump movement right and so you have people who a month ago were were saying pretty nasty things about him who all of a sudden were sort of doing this weird smile and saying okay i'm yeah. sort of for him so again, I don't. I mean, Hoosier well, voters, are, is, though, Hoosier voters but, are smart people. They they realize they, they realize that Ted Cruz was a poor candidate. Is what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, he even that. even that rant on on election day sounded scripted, didn't it? Well, whether or not it sounded scripted, it was ineffectual, and I think it was actually as much a result of Donald Cruz or Donald Trump calling out well, Cruz's the candidate father, we want, Donald yeah. Cruz, and um, and I think that was kind of the last straw, and he just went after it, and he did it poorly. Look. Uh, you were trying to. The, you, but everything the, you said was true. The, the not well. The 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 stop Trump folks 
they were trying to stop what amounts to a freight train with you know a wooden barrier, mm -hmm. and they got smashed. And they have to figure out now what they're going to do. And we're starting to see that coalesce around the party. And it'll be interesting to see whether an endorsement from Mike Pence uh, plays and how it plays for him and for the candidate here in, in, in Indiana. People say stuff in primaries. You know, I mean, it's at, at the end of a heated primary, it happens all the time. I can remember Hillary Trump in 2008 saying Barack Obama wasn't qualified to be president yeah. of the United States. She ended up being a secretary of state. So, you know, yeah, people say that kind of stuff during primary time. So you just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen even yeah, the rest of the way during the campaign. There's a difference between the, oh, really? the amount, yeah, no, um, between the amount of vitriol that was used in this primary election, <laughs> Republican against Republican. I mean, you, you've got, you, it you, was different. It not was qualified much, to be much, president much, 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 just not the vitriol either. I mean, you have to look at the candidate that's left himself and does he represent the tenets of the party. Uh, Which the, party? The, I don't think well, that matters, yeah. John. I think in matter. voters' mind, it doesn't matter. There's an unmooring between right. Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Now, that's a problem for the Republican Party, but not for Donald Trump. All right, let's get to the Democrats. Bernie Sanders kept his campaign alive with an upset victory in Indiana. He beat Hillary Clinton handily after conducting a Monument Circle rally on Election Eve where he again talked about carrier workers. We very much appreciate the support that we've gotten from the Steelworkers Union here in Indiana. Uh, and I told them that I will do everything that I can to see that we keep those jobs uh, here in Indiana. John Katzenberger, is this an anti-establishment state? <laughs> You wouldn't have thought so before Tuesday, would you? <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, there's always been kind of an independent streak among Hoosiers, and uh, I think we've seen that expressed, I think, on both sides of the aisle. I think you saw that in the, in the Democrat side with the, with the victory for Bernie Sanders. Uh, while not as large as Donald Trump's, was no less resounding. And I think uh, if the Democrat Party is smart and uh, sees what's going on around them, uh, they'll try to endorse, or not endorse, but to incorporate some of what they're hearing from Bernie Sanders because uh, uh, somebody's hearing that message. Well, Hillary Clinton was endorsed by Joe Hawkshead, Evan Bayh, Joe, uh, Donnelly. Joe Donnelly, uh, Carson. <laughs> you know, members of the General Assembly. Uh, Bernie Sanders was by himself. Uh, well, in Indiana, with two million dollars in TV ads and the steel workers and the steel workers. Well, but it's two million dollars in TV ads that are what makes think, the difference. Well, you know, on the Republican side, I think we've established that there was a motivation, uh, to a large extent, of anger, anger at right. the perception of, of power and, and establishment politics. I'd use a different A word, and that being anxiety, I think, was a driver on the Democratic side. You have people who are concerned about losing jobs, who are concerned about the college debt that they've accrued or their children have accrued. And now you have a candidate who comes and is addressing those issues directly. You know, free college for everyone. Right. Talk about the promises that probably can't be delivered, yeah. but free college for everyone. <laughs> you know, we're going to save the jobs. And I think not so much anger in that, that party, in that side of the primary, it was, it was anxiety. And I think that's what you see uh, manifested to a large extent in this victory. Hillary Clinton won Indiana in 2008. Yeah. What's significant about this is the Republican leader won 53 to 37 in a three-way race. The Democrat nominee, she's going to be the nominee, yeah. lost right. 53 to 47 in a two-way race. She is not popular here. She only got 200-some thousand votes. And that's not going to serve Democrats well here for the fall. There's an enthusiasm gap for the Democrats going forward because of her at the top. She is what gives 
uh, a lot of Republicans thinking that Trump could win because she's going to be their candidate. Well, that's even more frightening I'm than everything you, else. She's the but reason. No, she's, it, she obviously didn't contest Indiana. The race is over. The race is over here, and it's been over. And I think what's good about this is that, that Bernie Sanders has helped articulate some of the issues that John's talked about. Some of the issues that are got, now Hillary Clinton They issues. are now Hillary Clinton issues in, in, a, in a context that can be delivered as opposed to promised and not delivered. All so. Right. Hillary Clinton, as you said, ran no Indiana TV ads and held just one Indiana rally where, among other things, she talked about the heroin epidemic. This is an epidemic that doesn't really respect any boundaries or borders. All right, Josh Wannis, she still not only did well in the delegate race, if you count the superdelegates, she's going to leave Indiana with more delegates than Bernie Sanders. Well, if you look at the superdelegates, they had been committed largely to, uh, or they said they were supportive Seven of, of, of Hillary. Seven of nine Indiana superdelegates. Well, I mean, we're talking months ago. Right. Uh, so that was a foregone conclusion. Because keep in mind, the superdelegates are there to uh, allow the party structure to assert its control or influence uh, over sort of to prevent things running just roughshod. Like, uh, like what happened in the Republican on the, Like on the side, Republican right? side. So I think you, it's no surprise that, the, that those superdelegates would go for the... Well, okay. As I, I'm tired of the word establishment, but for the, the, the party that is backed by the infrastructure of the party. And, and I okay, think, tell me, no surprise. Is it good? Is I mean, what, I'm not, does, what is, good? does is is is, is, is that a good system where you can lose in the popular vote and still come away with more delegates, which are well, really George what George Bush wound up as president? But that's what by matters in, in the this. popular vote. This is about delegates. Well, and the problem for the public is understanding that the system is what it is, and it's not a direct vote. It's not one vote for each person. Uh, you're voting for the electors for that person, even in the primary, much as you do in the in the general election. Is it a good system. Um, you know, what we're doing in the primary is doing the, the hard work for what the parties should be doing, and that is nominating their candidates. Um, I don't like it. I don't like superdelegates, but I also understand that that's the game. If you know the game, then play it. And if you don't win, that's too bad. And the other thing is, it isn't simply a primary. It is each party's selection of the standard bearer for that party, which is a different situation from a popular vote to elect a candidate to stand for a general election. Okay. I don't think people well, generally but, but understand tell me, tell me. that. So she, she, she knew the delegate math, and so she said it doesn't make sense to try to win Indiana. Right. Oh, is that a good strategy? A win well, might have been helpful, wouldn't well, it? Well, that's, that's the same strategy you apply in November. I mean, an electoral well, vote... This is, this, is, this, is this is the Colts giving up an undefeated season oh, God, to save people for the playoffs, analogy right? analogy sports. It, it is. is. It is the situation where you look at where the votes are. In an electoral college map, you don't go for super majorities in states. You go to win by enough that you don't have a recount and go on somewhere else. She thought, to use the sports analogy, if Bernie yeah. had the wild card game, so she had a bye. Oh, well, just a different. So she had a bye week, and she that's chose why she, to have a bye. Not that's not B A Y H. She also right. chose to save her money for a race in the fall, which right. is a good strategy. Mike, she won 19 of 92 counties, but the delegate count is not what's important. She was going to be the nominee. Everybody knew that beforehand. Everybody knows it now. Right. She does leave here with more delegates. Right. What is important is that she did not play well here, and hardly anybody should have to vote for. Her. 
He whomped her. I mean, he whomped her good. And we're talking about socialists winning Indiana, yeah. Democrat yeah. primary. Yeah. And so Eugene to say that, didn't. So, yeah. so, Eugene so to say that that doesn't vote well for them for the fall would be an it's understatement. It's going to be a completely different oh, yeah. ball you game hope. in the fall. Time now. Watch. Time now for viewer <laughs> feedback. We, each, each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, what is the most lasting image from the Indiana primary? Your choices are A, Heidi Cruz being elbowed in the face, B, Carly Fiorina falling off a stage, C, Donald Trump yelling at protesters. Last week's question, what will affect your vote the most? 17% said Bob Knight's endorsement, 9% said the selection of Carly Fiorina, 22% said Bill Clinton appearances, 52% said Bernie Sanders is on his own. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. Republican Todd Young will face Democrat Baron Hill in the U.S. Senate race. Young beat Marlon Stutzman in the primary in a blowout with 67% of the vote. As a result, Young said he expects the party to unite behind his candidacy. If we don't hold on to Indiana's U.S. Senate seat, Republican Senate seat, we may well not retain control of the entire U.S. Senate. And so I aim to work very hard to earn the trust and support of every Hoosier conservative. Mike McDaniel, might that be the end of Marlon Stutzman's political this career? Is, uh, I don't know what Marlon would run for at this point. He said he's gone back to farming. I wouldn't, you can never say never. He's still a relatively young man, so he could resurface at some point down the line for another office. But this was a huge win for Todd Young. 69 counties, had the more votes than anybody in a contested primary in Indiana. And uh, this will immediately, anybody look at these results, it'll dry up any money that was going to go to Barron Hill. Democrats are going to waste their money on him now. After seeing these kind of results, they're going to spend it on, <laughs> no, they're going to they're put it elsewhere. Yeah. And so this, this race, he's going to be the next yeah. United we're gonna States have party, We're going to have party unity after Todd Young said that uh, Marlon Stutzman was unethical, that he lied, that he used uh, funds for his own personal yeah. uh, uh, aggrandizement. After, well, after, uh, Marlon, Stutz, after Marlon Stutzman well, tried to get him taken whatever. off the ballot, you don't put yeah. that genie back in the bottle, and oh, you don't, yeah. and you don't, and but, you don't do that. The things that were said in that ad were as vicious, <laughs> as vicious as any I've ever seen. And, it was rough. You know, it was, it was rough. very rough. And what, what's amazing about that is. You know, Todd, Todd Young is probably going to attack back to the middle now. He's not going to shut the government down like he tried to do before. But he is no. Tea Party to the right of Marlon Stutzman, if you look at those ads. Well, it, yeah. it, it was you rough. You call him Senator Young from now Yeah. Um, he's the favorite going into the fall. Oh, right? he's the prohibitive favorite. And, and there's another reason why. I think that Mike's analysis about money is true. Uh, so Baron Hill's going to have to work very hard to gain any financial uh, means with this. But if you look at the Democrat side of the ballot, and we talk about the fall-off on the Republican side, well, actually, the fall-off was more steep to Baron Hill than it was for John Gregg. So John Gregg outpolled Baron Hill, even though it was further down. So I think uh, the Democrats weren't exactly sold on this race either. Yeah. Um, Todd Young went negative first on television. A lot of people thought that was an indication he was in trouble. It turns out it was a pretty good strategy. Uh, in hindsight, he had a lot to work with. He knew what was coming. <laughs> in hindsight, it probably was. I mean, it was clearly going to be a rough and tumble uh, campaign. You uh, alluded to the fact that uh, the Stutzman campaign had sought the removal or the disqualification of Todd Young uh, because of uh, supposedly an insufficient number of, of uh, ballot petitions, signatures. Um, 
Yeah, it, you didn't it, do that right. Well, but the point is, I think he sensed that, that there was going to be this, this uh, back and forth, mm -hmm. and, and there's a certain value in inoculation, I guess, if you want to. Uh, if it's going to be a negative campaign, yep. better to go first. All right, time for our primary election roundtable. Who was the biggest winner in the Indiana primary and Delaney? That's easy. Kevin Delaney Strinsky, my grandson, <laughs> ran for the first time as state convention delegate and in a contested race, and, congrats, and he won. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, Kevin. You've never made this personal before. I just want to note that. Oh, my, and you don't ever either. He's my no. big winner. Oh, clearly, Todd Young. Todd Young's win was just off the charts. And, and of course, Donald Trump. Young and Trump are the two biggest winners in the election. Wow. Uh, Donald Trump, you'd have to say. And, and uh, television stations, is it? Aren't yeah, accustomed no to getting kidding. a lot of revenue this time of year <laughs> from yeah. that, a lot of presidential yeah. politics. Yeah. And, and, you know, John Gregg and, and, and uh, uh, who's uh, the other candidate? Oh, Mike Pence. They're both, they're both on TV now, and so, it, yeah, that's good. You love that, don't you? <laughs> uh, I think uh, the big winner might be Shelley Yoder. Um, I think when Trey Hollingsworth won the Republican primary in the 9th District, uh, her chances went up, so whereas Baron Hill might not get a lot of money, I think she will get a lot Tennessee of money. Tennessee Trey. Yeah. And I think um, that'll be, she'll be a big winner out of all this. You've got to have Trey Hollingsworth on your list of winners, though. And you've got to have David Long on your list of winners. That's he, right. He, he, big he, time. Yeah, all right. Who is the biggest loser, Mike? I think the Indiana Democrats, only because I'd say that the Bernie Sanders win and Hillary's disastrous loss really makes it bad for them in the fall. Seriously, she's not going to do well here, and that's going to affect yeah, well, everybody we'll else see. down ticket. We'll see by the time they yeah. figure out what Trump stands okay. for, how well big, Hillary big does loser. here. Big, big loser. loser, Mike Pence. I mean, he waded into that contest, and he, and he picked a loser. And, and not only did he pick a loser, he picked a loser who was killed. And got more votes than anybody in election. John, day. big uh -huh. loser. I think Representative Casey Cox, who uh, looked to be in a pretty good spot uh, and got uh, and is very conservative, but was defeated by somebody who was even more conservative than he was. He was a sponsor of House Bill 1337, the abortion bill that's gotten yeah. so much heat. When you look at Ted Cruz, Quick. as we've said, all the eggs were in the one, Indiana one basket, day. and they all got scrambled. I just yeah. said, Ted all Cruz. Right. Greg Zeller's on the list, too. That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, John Schwannis of Indiana Lawmakers, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org slash iwir starting Monday. You can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Shello of Wish TV. We'll see you again next week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.